You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Hello and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast that has a big surprise at the end of the episode. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. Meet Recaps. Man, I tell you what, this was not the weekend to be the higher-ranked team. Uh, If you had a lower number in front of your team's name at the beginning of the meet, there was a good chance you also had a low number after your team's name at the end of the meet. Uh, But all that carnage is good for my rating, so uh, let's get into this. Uh, First up on Friday, we had uh, SUNY New Paltz at Sweetbriar. So this one started over fences, and SUNY showed up that day. They won the event 3-1, to one, and wow, this just, you know kind of looked like this was going to be our first big upset of the week. But then Sweetbriar kind of put the screws to them, and uh, they went into the flat, and they won that one 4-0, to zero, and they said, hey, you know, this wasn't nothing but a thing, and they ended up winning the meet 5-3. to three. But you do wonder, you know, is Sweetbriar, should they worry a little bit? I mean, you know, it was kind of close. The days of them just showing up and getting an easy win... Those might be over. We saw Bridgewater get a win from them uh, before it got overturned by some mysterious uh, compliance issues. And now we see New Paltz getting three of the four points in an event from them. So I'll just say that the Vixens' ride to another national championship might not be a cakewalk. But now let's go on to our next meet. Uh, we're going to stay in the single discipline world for just a little bit longer. We're going to talk about Sunni New Paltz over at Lynchburg. So this is the next day. This one was not as close. Uh, these teams split fences 2-2, two to two, and then Lynchburg won the flat 3-0, to zero, which adds up to 5-2 to two Lynchburg for all you Alabama fans out there who need some help with your advanced math. Uh, from this, we can basically see that if New Paltz, you know, had a little bit better flat team, they'd probably be right up there with the best single discipline teams right now. So, anyway, moving on. Uh, next we have, alright, everybody wants me to talk about Auburn, but I'm going to hold on to that one and talk about something almost as good. Oklahoma State at TCU. Man, TCU, you talk about a Jekyll and Hyde situation. These ladies over in Fort Worth, they had a really rough fall. Uh, They lost to Fresno State. They lost to SMU. They lost to Oklahoma State. They lost to South Dakota State. And then they lost to Baylor. So not a great resume in the fall. So of course, when spring starts up, you know, what do we expect from them? Well, if your answer was that they would go on a six-meet winning streak and jump from last to second in the Big 12, then buddy, you might be psychic because that is exactly what happened. Let's talk about it. So this meet uh, was at TCU, and you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe this will happen. You know, they're pretty good. They're on a little bit of a tear, but it's still, it's Oklahoma State. Well, the first event was Fences, and that one went 3-2 to two for TCU, uh, which not only rhymes, but it's the reverse of what happened uh, between these two teams in the fall. Now, hold on. There's actually going to be a lot of that sort of reversal going on in this uh, narrative. So uh, next, we go into reigning, and TCU wins this one 4-1. to one. So now things are getting real good for the home team. They're up 7-3 to three at the half, which is a nice lead. But, of course, we've seen some teams lose with that kind of a halftime score before. So they got to keep it up. So next, we go into the flat. TCU wins this one 4-1. to one. So the meet is essentially done now. TCU has pulled off the upset, but they ain't done. Uh, they are out for blood, so they keep on going. And by the way, uh, let's see, the flat went 4-0 to zero for OSU back in the fall, so here's another turnaround from before that TCU has pulled off. And then in the last event, Horsemanship, TCU would remove all uh, dignity and sweep the event 5-0. to zero. So that made the final 
final score, an eyebrow-raising uh, 16 to 4. And holy crap, that is not the way that Oklahoma State wanted to close out their conference season. Um, now they're still going to finish in first place in their standings, but dang, that is not a way to end it up. Um, also, you might be thinking now, did they know going into this that they were going to end up finish first anyway? And so maybe they put in some less experienced riders into their lineup. Uh, no, this was their typical starting lineup. So yeah, they just kind of got beat badly and uh, that's not ideal. We'll see what happens in the Big 12 tournament, but of course, I'm not sure if you know this, but the tournament is hosted by TCU this year, so it's going to be a good one to watch. All right, so enough there. Now let's talk about the meet that you are all interested in, UC Davis at Fresno State. Now, both these teams needed a win because they have uh, both been winless so far in the spring. So somebody was going to go away real happy and somebody was going to go away not happy. Of course, that's how most sporting events end up. But anyway, this one's different because this is the one I'm talking about right now. Now, it was at Fresno and as you might expect, uh, Fresno State just beat the mess out of UC Davis. Uh, Fresno had some trouble with UC Davis last year, but not this time. Uh, the Bulldogs won fences 4-1. to one. They won horsemanship 4-1. to one. They won reigning 5-0. to zero. And then the team split the fa- the the flat uh, two to two. So congratulations to the UC Davis flat team. Uh, but yeah, this was a pretty big fifteen to four victory for Fresno State, and it helps them justify um, where they should uh, stay up in those top eight teams that are going to get invited to the national championship tournament down in Ocala. Um, because uh, UT Martin and Delaware State are right below them in the rankings, and they are just waiting for the Bulldogs to slip up. Now, speaking of Bulldogs and slipping up, let's talk about Georgia at South Carolina. Things started off in this one with horsemanship and flat going on pretty much at the same time, so the scores are just coming from both events. Uh, Georgia jumped out to an early 2-0 lead uh, from the first points in each of those events, and then uh, things started to go a little pear-shaped for them, as a friend of the program, British D. Ford, would say. Uh, And then, uh, so South Carolina got the next uh, four points in the meet, so Georgia went from being up 2-0 to now they're down 4-2. Then Georgia got two more points, then South Carolina got a point, and then Georgia got another point. So if you're following the math along, you know that uh, it is now 5-5 five to five at the half. So if you're with me on that, good. Here we go again in the second half. Um, we had fences uh, go a little bit before uh, horsemanship, so the points came flying out of there. And then they were alternating basically back and forth. South Carolina got one, then Georgia got one, so on, so on. So the Gamecocks took fences 3-2. Three to three to two. So that meant that the total score here is 8-7. to seven, And raining is uh, now going on and the points start coming for raining. So again, Gamecocks have a one-point lead. Eight to seven. Here we go. For South Carolina gets the first point in reigning. So now they're up, uh, what is that, nine to seven. And then Georgia gets a point. So uh, that's now nine to eight. And then there's a tie. So nobody gets that point. Uh, so now, uh, because of all these ties, the first team to get to 10 is now going to win the day. So we're at nine to eight here. Uh, South Carolina sitting at nine. Uh, Georgia's at eight. And then Georgia gets the next point. So now we're in a tie, nine, nine. Next ride is going to decide this. Or I guess if it had ended up in a tie, it would have been a tiebreaker and we have done all that weird math, but it didn't have to go to that because Carolina's uh, Chloe Stevenson, she won the day for the Gamecocks. She got her point, gave them their first win 
end of the darn season, and I can only imagine all kind of hell must have broken loose from those girls, because I'll tell you, they are a rowdy bunch even when they are losing, so who knows how they reacted when they actually won. So, uh, but anyway, congratulations to them on that win. Uh, now, they're still going to be seated number four in the SEC tournament, but, you know, they got a big conference win and showed that they can do it. So they did that, and it was senior day, so good, good job to all of them. Now, the final meet we want to talk about is Texas A&M at Auburn. So, a little history here. We're going to go back in time uh, to the fall. Auburn lost to A&M in College Station. And it wasn't a close loss either. It was bad, uh, for Auburn at least. Uh, This was the Tigers' worst performance uh, since a loss that they had to Fresno State back in 2015, I believe. And now, I've said this before, Auburn has the best fences squad in the nation. And back in November, they got shut out in fences 0-4. And that right there pretty much kneecapped their whole chances of winning that meet. Um, uh, it made it pretty much next to impossible. Uh, and then when raining, uh, they didn't do much better back then. Uh, there were two ties and then the three other points went to A&M. So basically half of the points that were available, Auburn didn't get any of those. And it's really hard to win a meet when, you know, you don't score uh, at all in two of the four events. So anyway, on that day, uh, Auburn lost 6-10 to 10 in that meet. They dropped out of first place in the SEC standings. That's the first time that's happened since uh, 2018. Or 2017, the end of 2017, 2018 is when they were number one forever. Furthermore, as Texas A&M kept on winning this year, it meant that Auburn uh, could not overtake the uh, Aggies in the standings. The best that Auburn could do was tie A&M and force a tiebreaker. And if you were listening to Tiger Talk on Thursday, Greg Williams said that the first tie-breaking criteria is the head-to-head combined margin of victory. So that meant that if Texas A&M they didn't even really need to win on Saturday. All they needed to do is stay within three points of of Auburn, even if they lost. So let's see how that worked out for them. Now, the first event uh, here we had was uh, horsemanship. It actually started out the same time as flat, but their points started coming out first. So those went three to one in favor of Auburn. Uh, Olivia Tordoff was the MOP. Um, but something interesting here also happened in this one. Taylor Cyril's uh, Auburn for Auburn. She did not win her point. She got a, a tie with Haley Riddle. And this is the first time that uh, Taylor has not won her horsemanship point all year. So a bit of a little footnote there. The next up uh, event was equitation on the flat. It was going on to Auburn took this one three to two. Uh, Auburn's Ellie Ferrigno got the MOP there. So at the half, Auburn had a six to three lead, which is nice, but remember two things. Uh, One, a three-point loss would still give A&M the tiebreaker in the SEC standings, and two, the flat and horsemanship are the only events that Auburn scored against A&M the last time they rode. So these next two are really the ones that are going to tell tell the tale, because this is the one, these are the ones that Auburn didn't do well in in the fall. So on we go to the second half. Next up was fences. And of course, I just said this, remember, Auburn had the best fences uh, squad in the nation and, and all that good stuff, and they didn't do well back in College Station. Well, the fences squad showed up on Saturday. The Tigers took that event 4-0, to which is the reverse of what happened uh, at A&M. So now they've got the uh, 10-3 lead. The, the meet win is assured by Auburn, but there's still the matter of that SEC standings tiebreaker situation. And so if A&M ended up having a big reigning performance, they could still get back close enough within three or four points of Auburn, and they could salvage something out of the day. But 
Auburn's reigning squad redeemed themselves for their fall performance as well. So Auburn ended up winning that event 3-1. to one. Um, They actually had a really, really, really late re-ride, um, and they had to pull out an alternate horse and then another alternate horse. And then when it was all done, both riders got the same score, so it was a no-point tie. Anyway, the final score was Auburn 13, Texas A&M 4. So this was the big win that Auburn was really needing uh, to close in on Texas A&M and the SEC standings. Now, A&M has finished their uh, conference schedule. They have five wins and one loss. Auburn, on the other hand, has four wins and one loss, and they've still got one more uh, meet coming up. They've got to go on the road to face Georgia this Friday. Now, if the Tigers win there, uh, they'll also have that 5-1 and one SEC record, and then, of course, they'll also now have the tiebreaker over the Aggies. But of course, if Georgia beats Auburn, then Auburn will be 4-2 and two in the SEC and second in the standings. Now, the reason all this matters is because I think most teams kind of want to ride against South Carolina if they can get that choice in the first round. And so the number one team would do that because South Carolina is number four. And uh, basically, that would force the other two uh, uh, SEC teams that are better than South Carolina to basically ride against each other and beat up on each other. So no offense to the Gamecocks there, but, you know, even though you did just get that one-point home upset of Georgia, that's just kind of the way it is. But we're going to talk more about the upcoming meets after these words from Kyle as he tells you a little bit more about the network. Take it away, Kyle. Hey Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs. Especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. All right. Thank you, Kyle. Weekend Previews. We have a big slate of meats on tap for Friday and Saturday this week, so... If you are a fan of any of the following teams, you need to wake up and pay attention because y'all have a meet this week. Delaware State, South Carolina, Sweetbriar, SMU, Lynchburg, Auburn, Georgia, Baylor, Fresno State, SUNY New Paltz, UC Davis, UT Martin, Texas A&M, and TCU. Now, you know what? I teased y'all. I held back the Auburn uh, uh, to the last one in the recap section, so I'm going to go ahead and just do Auburn and Georgia first here in the preview. So, you're welcome. Now, this should be an Auburn win. Auburn's fences team is the best, and uh, that was an event that the Tigers won big in October against the Bulldogs. 
Um, they won both jumping seats big, uh, four to one each. So right there, that is something that Georgia would have to counter in order to win uh, this Friday. Now, the Bulldogs have done well uh, on the jumping seat side. Uh, in fact, in, in the ones that they, the meets they end up winning, they've usually won the jumping seat events. In the ones they've lost, they have not done well in the jumping seat. So basically, that's probably going to tell us who's going to win the meets right there. Now, Auburn is very good in both of those two. So I kind of think Auburn's going to get three or maybe even more points in both of those. Um, If that doesn't happen, that basically opens the door for a Georgia upset. On the western side, the Bulldogs don't typically get more than about two points in those events. Um, Obviously, they'll want to change that if they can against Auburn, but again, Auburn now has Deanna Green in in the lineup for them on the western side, and so getting points from Auburn is a lot tougher than it was in the fall. I think Georgia might be able to get reigning maybe three to two, but I don't think they're going to win horsemanship. I think they, they'll they be happy if they can get two points in horsemanship. So really their plan for victory is to do well on the jumping seat side and just sort of see if they can get an extra point out of reigning and just hold their own on the horsemanship side. So, but all that to say, I think, I don't think Georgia's going to be able to do it. I think Auburn's going to end up winning something like 12 to eight. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Next up, let's talk about Delaware State at South Carolina. Now, before last weekend, I would have given the Hornets a decent chance at this upset, but then, you know, the Gamecocks showed that they can still get it done. I think South Carolina is going to win this one by a few points, uh, and probably this is going to close the door on the on the Hornets' uh, chances of, of getting into that top eight that will end up going to Ocala. So we'll see, but yeah, I, I think this one will probably go to South Carolina. Next, Sweetbriar will ride against SMU in a jumping seat only meet. I think SMU probably wins this one. We saw uh, Sweetbriar, their fences team, has taken a slight step back this year, and I think SMU will capitalize on that, and I think they're going to win the day there. Next, we have the Battle of the Hornets when Delaware State faces Lynchburg in a jumping seat only meet. Uh, Lynchburg won this battle in the fall, but I'm going to say Delaware State gets revenge the second time, and I'm going to say it comes by about a point. Uh, Baylor at Fresno State. Now, I really don't know here. This is interesting because I think Baylor should win this, but it's at Fresno, and this is just the kind of meet that the Bulldogs usually end up winning, and then they throw the whole Big 12 standings into disarray. So I'm going to go ahead with the home team, and I'm going to say they win it in a close upset. Now, SUNY New Paltz at UC Davis. I think UC Davis wins in a close one here. Uh, The Aggies have a good flat squad, and I think that's going to be their strength, and they'll pull off a tough win over the Hawks. Next, New Paltz rides against Fresno State. I think the Bulldogs win this one. Uh, They're pretty solid in the jumping seat, and they should get the win here. Now, let's go to the next day, Saturday. UT Martin faces off at Georgia. The Bulldogs will probably win this one easily. Uh, The Warhawks aren't as strong in Western as Georgia is, so even if UT Martin does do well in the jumping seat, I think the Western rides are going to give the meat to Georgia, basically. Next, Texas A&M at SMU. This this is a dangerous meet for, for the Aggies. They just lost to Auburn, but they got to put that out of their minds. they got to go up against a very good Mustang squad. Uh, SMU's good, but, you know, a little inconsistent on the, on the jumping seat side. And I think that's where the Aggies' uh, opportunities will be for them to outdistance them overall. I think A&M wins in a close meet. Then uh, we'll have Lynchburg at South Carolina. I think the Gamecocks uh, will probably give away a few points, but I'd be shocked if they dropped very many uh, in this jumping seat to only meet to the Hornets. So I'm going to pick the Gamecocks here. Baylor versus New Paltz. Now, Baylor's jumping seat squad is better than New Paltz. So I'm picking the, the Baylor Bears by three or four points, really. So there you go. 
Uh, Sweetbriar at TCU. TCU's too talented for Sweetbriar, so I'm going to say Frogs by four. Baylor at UC Davis. I don't think UC Davis is deep enough to stay with Baylor. I think this one ends up a comfortable uh, Bears road win. And that is all of the previews for this weekend. Exciting news! So, I have some exciting news to share with y'all. And if you follow me on Twitter, and let's be real, but that's pretty much all of you, then you already know what I'm going to say, but I can actually go into more detail here in the podcast. Um, So, you know, I have been talking a lot about how I'm the only person out there that covers this sport nationally. Well, now I'm going to do that for Sports Illustrated, sort of. Sports Illustrated has these sections of their site devoted to the major colleges, and all the articles in each of those sections are about the... um, uh, those schools, and they tend to be about the marquee sports, you know, football, basketball, baseball, etc. Well, recently, I was talking to the folks who do the Auburn Daily section of Sports Illustrated, and they offered me the equestrian beat, which I have accepted. Now, when I when I say the equestrian beat, it's not like there were a lot of other options out there for them, or, you know, any other options, really. Um, but it is Sports Illustrated, and I'm really excited about the opportunity to write for them. Now, uh, I'm going to still be doing the podcast here. I'm going to still write the rankings uh, because Lord knows I cannot leave y'all with only the NCAA rankings to go by. Those things are just terrible most of the time. Um, But basically, I'll basically just be doing all the same stuff. I'll just be writing an extra article for um, SI's Auburn Daily. Now, uh, interesting story here. Uh, When I told my wife about this opportunity, her first question was, well, how much does it pay? (laughs) So, okay, well, you know, it's not really about that. Um, This is not exactly a sport that could support a person independently writing about it. So, you know, I told her, okay, the main reason I'm doing this is for the legitimacy of writing for SI. And as longtime listeners know, uh, ever since COVID restrictions forced uh, the schools to start restricting access to fans and media, I have been engaged in a battle to change how these schools and certain people uh, see me uh, from, instead of seeing me as a fan, seeing me as a member of the media. So yeah, this is a pretty big deal for me, and I and I hope my coverage of the sport will get a little bit better now, because now there's going to be somebody who's not employed by these schools or a local paper who's going to get to go in and ask some of these questions that, you know, need to get asked. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to keep doing the podcast here, I'm going to keep doing the rankings article, I'm going to keep doing the memo piece. Uh, plus, when we get into the postseason, I have a, you know, that's going to happen in a few weeks. I have some ideas, maybe some video content that I'd like to put together that's just going to elevate my coverage of the sport as well. Um, but of course, it'll have my own personal flair, as you would expect. So, but yeah, basically, things are going great. And that's all for this episode. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. I'll thank you very much, and War Horses. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.